Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another amazing podcast episode. And this episode, as usual, as you may all know from the title, if you have not read the title, is a guest recording. And the guest for the month is going to be Mihal Stavitsky. And he is an author of 19 personal development books. Wow, that's a lot. And a business coach as well. So welcome, Mihal. Hi, Ronit. Uh, thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, it's going to be great. Like 19, like I want to really understand. This is going to be the first question, which is so unusual. My audience knows that the first question is the origin story, but I really want to ask you this. Like it must have taken a lot of effort to go through 19 books. How many years did that take? I published the last one a year ago. So quick calculation, eight years. Years in 19 books. Wow, that's a lot of books. That's less years. Seriously, like, you know, I thought if I have to write a book, it would take me one year for each book, 19 years, easy. (laughs) Or half of my life, 50 years probably. (laughs) Mahan, that's a lot. That's great. You know, so much of knowledge that you have put out there and a lot of copies that you have sold. You know, I I bet people must have loved all those books. Thank you for for this endorsement really yeah for me it's normal thing but every time i speak with someone and mention that it's like oh like unless okay one story uh, i was introduced to kevin davis who wrote like 100 something celebrities biographies and he was yeah nice nice and uh, that's it <laughs> yeah 19 does not does not mean much <laughs> obviously he has written hundreds you know so he does not have an issue with that that's so common you know like someone who has not done that kind of thing it's such a big deal like if you talk to a person who lives a regular day-to-day life and then that person meets a millionaire they'll be like millionaire you know like they'll be like that and the millionaire like it's nothing you know it's here and there it's like their day-to-day so they're they're like you know very complacent about it yeah Yeah, so true i know a few millionaires and i haven't known any 10 years ago and yeah, no, it's common. I have a few of them in my mastermind and not a big deal anymore. Yeah, so true. Yeah, probably if I talk to you three more times, I'll be like 19 books. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> definitely, most definitely. So starting with the first question, technically it's the second question now. So the question I'm going to ask is all about origin stories. So something as significant as 19 books, I'm still going to you know talk about that. And you being a coach, a business coach and helping people out there, in you're not helping people out there in person or are you doing just online i do in person but it depends you know of course on the location so locally in poland but i so coach uh, through the internet and in english uh, and it amazes me how even without good knowledge of english on my part like not perfect yeah. and I don't think I've ever coached someone for whom the English was a native language. Still, it brings results. So that's so great. Yeah, I would say that except uh, people who are in the UK, US or Canada, everyone else has imperfect English. Like I'm from India. My my English isn't perfect. You know, I still stutter a lot here and there if it's a complex word. For me, like vulnerability gets me and authenticity. 
those are the two words which always roll me up every single time yeah i have a few and i won't even try them the, the words are those which we borrowed from english and then we spell it we do it in poland and then when you try to spell it in english come on it's like <laughs> ah <laughs> it just rolls the tongue yeah anyway going back to my origin story well my life didn't start but my origin story started in 9th of august 2012 i remember the date because it was so impactful i read the book the slight edge by jeff olson the message of the book is the message of the author's mentor jim ron and it's a success is a few simple disciplines repeated over time and failure is a few simple error in judgments repeated over time until that moment i thought okay success is something enormous huge like golden medal at olympics or starting the next microsoft and i was sure okay i'm not capable of that so i didn't even try to succeed but this book made me think uh, i examined my own past and sure enough i found some simple disciplines or small errors in judgment behind my successes and failures and i was hmm, maybe there is something to this philosophy i will test it and it, by the way it took me the whole month between reading the book which was just one day for me and implementing anything because i was struggling i was uh, pondering it couldn't be so simple and the, the biggest struggle was the internal one i like to give myself permission to try to, to succeed but somewhere at the uh, in the middle of, of september i wrote down several goals and i figured out some daily disciplines to inch toward those goals and started practicing them every day uh, i would say the breakthrough point was after a month when i checked my reading speed i practiced reading for 10 minutes a day that's all and i almost doubled my reading speed after a month and i was well it it works it works so i will i had doing blindly with just blind faith disciplines in areas I didn't really believe I can succeed, like making more money uh, and so on. Uh, and sure enough, as long as you keep going, your efforts compound mm -hmm. and then they, they bring fruit. So what else happened then? I invested a lot of my time into personal development. I went back to it, started listening, reading, watching four hours every single day like i immersed myself in it into it then i in at the beginning of 2014 i joined the uh, transformational contest which was online contest met great friends all over the world there and one of them told me after reading my entry hey, you should write a book about this and i've already had stumbled about the idea that well i dreamed about being a writer as a kid and i tried to do something different things uh, and 
plenty of failures. I started a couple of blogs which failed and uh, started writing fiction in Polish and then got feedback, which was ruthlessly honest. And well, I, I figured out, okay, it will take me quite a few years to up my game, to, to up my craft. So I don't have this time. I have family and mortgage and so on. I need to make this writing career pretty fast. So I was like, okay, let's let's try this. I wrote the first book. It was uh, about creating your own personal action statement, mm -hmm. which I've done at the beginning of my journey. So like half a year before, it was fresh in my mind. And I wrote it in 49 days since writing the first words to publishing it on Amazon. And then people started buying it. Not a lot of copies, about one a few days but you know people who didn't hear about me at all who didn't know i exist they both paid money for something i wrote then i was hooked and i kept doing it uh, for quite a few years that's that's so awesome like, it's like that kind of thing you know you got that small milestone that even that one buy would push you to get more buys and to be more motivated to write another book it really makes a lot of sense definitely and you know like before you know it 19 books man it's really cool it's really awesome definitely so moving on the topic that we're going to talk about for this episode is going to be all about concentration focus because we live in a world that is so filled with distraction social media other kinds of apps, entertainment, that's such a big thing nowadays. It's just distracting us every single day for every single minute. And we're going to talk about that. So the first thing that I want to ask is what do you think about this entire thing about distraction? And what do you think when someone calls it the art of distraction, that we have mastered the art of distraction? Well, that's 100% true. And there is some research circulating around the internet that a single distraction uh, may put you out of your task for a couple of minutes, but before your mind go back to that task fully, it takes another 20 minutes or something like this. So uh, you're losing 22 minutes every single time you check notification or mobile or you check your email. So come on, just <laughs> count the, the number of distractions. Yeah, we are. We destroy ourselves to oblivion, seriously, because how many times it takes just three distractions per hour to completely distract you? Tada! So we, most of us, are in the state of constant distraction, and focus is foreign concept for most of people. Mm -hmm. That is true. Focus is such a like big, important part of our life, but people don't give it a lot of credit. You know, people want to run behind stuff that actually matters to them. It's like, what I'm going to do with focus? Well, you can get a lot of stuff done. You can, you know, start working on the things that you actually want to get thanks to focus. You know, if you don't work on that first, how will you be able to get to the goal that you want to get to? Yeah, my mentor, Brian Buffini, always repeats the, the story how someone approached Warren Buffett and Bill Gates at the same time and ask them, what's your uh, key to success? And they both at the same time said, focus. Oh, that's really cool. 
That's, that's awesome. But that's very important. That's so true. So talking about distractions and stuff, Gmail, like I would say Gmail is the biggest culprit for me. You know, Gmail is such a thing like, you know, I would always want to check my Gmail. That's the problem. You know, if I do something, I would always want to check Gmail. Now, then you have to get parameters in place. Everyone knows that, you know, it's become such an integral part of our life. We can't just, you know, back out from it just because we want to. You know, we got to have something that stops us from going to those places. Like for some people, it's, it's Instagram, it's Facebook for some people. For some people, it's Gmail, it's Netflix, or it's some kind of notification on their chatting apps. So true. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, the, the best way is, like I said, put fences between you and those distractions mm -hmm. because you can, we all can. Like this is built into the apps. You can uh, shove them in your mobile to other screen, to the next screen. This is what I do. I have on my main screen just a few icons, mm -hmm. like calendar and, and phone and few others. Mm -hmm. And they all are either essential or I'm making money with those tools. So yeah. again, essential. And the other things like Messenger or WhatsApp, they are on the second uh, screen so i need to uh, swipe and that one little gesture can save you a lot of attractions so build fences that's uh, who said that james clear the author of atomic habits that we don't according to the um, highest of our uh, aspirations but rather to the to our environment so if your desktop on, on your uh, computer is full of applications if your uh, computer system has all the notifications on if your mobile is full of uh, loud notifications you will fall to the level of your environment, you will be constantly uh, distracted. That's why I have all those apps on the second screen. That's why the only notification that uh, generates beep on my uh, mobile is text message. Mm -hmm. And the only other notification that vibrates is my calendar because it warns me, okay, in half an hour, we'll have a meeting. That's it. The, the rest of them are if I, because for some applications, I didn't even put on uh, the notifications. I need to go there to check something. For others, I just uh, activate this icon on the app, which says, okay, you have five or three messages. Wow. That's actually a very elaborate way to make sure that you're focused. You know, that's really awesome. Definitely. Something that well, I really like is the thing that, you know, the thing that if you don't control your environment, the environment's going to control you. You're going to be affected by your environment so much. Definitely. Well, and focus is not a matter of accident. Yeah, You need to consciously design your uh, environment, even yeah. your desk, uh, your mobile, your computer. Okay. It won't happen on its own. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you were saying? 
I was saying it won't happen on its own. You, you need to design the way your environment to focus. Another thing is friends. You know, if you have distracting friends around who's all, who are always messaging you, always like, hey, are you there? Are you not there? Like, you got to get rid of those kind of people, you know? Or just- I'm smiling because I'm in my home office and I train my kids to knock before they come into my home office. But it just eludes my wife. Like she will bump into the office whenever she wants. And it's so distracting. <laughs> this is right. Like someone just enters, you know, your office and then you are like, you know, you're looking at that person. What? <laughs> it is distracting, especially noise. You know, if you hear some TV noises or you hear people laughing and stuff, it'll just distract your mind. You're like, I want to know what's going on. You know, it just catches your eye. This, mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's so true. Mm-hmm. Like in a home environment, even if in a home environment, I have always my earphones when I work. Like I have my background music, Mm -hmm. the whole playlist, Mm -hmm. and I work with with the music on. It started because I was working full-time when I started writing, and most of my uh, fierce books I wrote in, on the trains to work and from work and it's a noisy environment so I just plugged in my earphones and was listening to music while writing mm-hmm. that's so cool like music is a best thing and like if you don't get distracted by music if that you know many people don't like music around because mm-hmm. you get distracted by it yeah f- for, for some, some white noise uh, is working not for me uh, and for me, like it's instrumental music. Uh, if they sing, it distracts me. I hear the words, try to understand what's going on, follow. So, yeah. There's like this kind of instrumental music which research says is good. I don't remember the name of that music. Something about like related to more focus, that kind of instrumental music helps you focus more. And I don't remember what that. Means. I think it's classical music. They, they, yeah, under, tell this under, about classical yeah, music. A, yeah, there's a subcategory in classical music which they were talking about. I don't remember what that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I personally use the uh, soundtracks of the movies, like the ones that I like, uh, yeah. uh, like Born yeah. or uh, what else, Game of Thrones, and so on. <laughs> I do that as well. I, I'm all about that. I don't know, like the instrumental music is good but it just gets too repetitive for me. I get bored by it. If I listen to it three, four times, I'll get bored by it. So that those kind of musics work, you know, as long as I'm not distracted. Well, my playlist consists of about hundreds of titles. So before I go to the end, uh, it's hard to get bored with that. And I'm going to tell this to all the listeners out there, the things that we're talking about, these are really good suggestions. So if you want to like just take one of the suggestions, make it your own, be free to do that. You know, we're not going to object about it. We are here to help at the end of the day. You know, you can just look at what we're doing and just do that. You know, what Mihal said, what I'm saying about music, usually I use apps. I use apps to do that, like distract, like this block distractions kind of oriented apps. Those work best for me because the thing is that if I want to be distracted, I will be distracted no matter what. You know, even if I place things in a particular way, it's just going to happen. That's why I have to have something to stop me from doing that. And it's such a good thing. Okay. So I have one more tool, which is very powerful Mm -hmm. and everybody can use it. Like 
every single person on this planet. And it's to set up an intention. Yeah. So you are telling to yourself, okay, I will write right now for 50 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's not uh, the guarantee that you will write, but it makes it so much more likely. And when you uh, get distracted, like you can recall the intention and, and put it between the distraction and you. Mm -hmm. But if you go on autopilot, if you don't have, if it just flow through your day, well, your chances are much lower than starting from some intention. Okay, I will do this or that. And for how long? And what's the measure of success? Even simple thought, the best is articulated loud and the best of the best is to write it down. But even a thought in your head is so much better than nothing. Yeah, definitely. Also, another thing is thoughts, you know, like thoughts really are another thing that can distract people. If their minds are always running like trains all the time and they can't just, you know, be quiet when it comes to thinking, that's very distracting as well. Because I know that I used to be a very like thinking kind of a person. I should think all the time, even when I'm doing something. So I would lose focus of that thing and think about something that's in my mind right now. And that the best way to deal with that is meditation. Yeah, uh, any kind of, because meditation for plenty of folks sounds like, oh, magic, <laughs> high level stuff, which is not, it's just yeah. breathing and focusing that you inhale, exhale. Yeah. But any kind of mindful practice, because this is what, what really is as the essence of distraction. Mm -hmm. And I think it's as the essence, uh, the essence of being a, a human being. It's this ability to step between the impulse and your action. And you create that, but by mindfulness. And there are other like mindfulness practices, just staring at the wall for, for one minute or looking at your watch if you have this moving thing on it. So simple things or just pausing for five seconds to feel what your body feels like right now I'm sitting on a chair. So I feel my buttocks on the chair, my back on the uh, chair. This, this is what I uh, feel the, the warm of my clothes. Just be in this moment for five seconds. And, and that's enough to, to yeah, create this, this, this space between Impulse interaction, and I recommend Pat Flynn's podcast episode, but I don't remember the, the exact number. Uh, he was like talked by, by starting meditation and how much it helped him. Like he could catch himself like a few years uh, after meditation, the, the meditation session. And like, well, my hand is, is reaching out to mouse and go to the uh, some icon on the desktop. Mm. Hey, I want to distract myself. Okay, well, and this saved him a lot of hours. And by the way, that like, I'm really down to earth person. I love the stories, but I even more love the facts. And the fact is that when he started meditating, his income jumped like, doubled in a span of several months. Wow, that's, that's awesome. Actually, I was going to ask you about that. Like you do business coaching, right? 
So many a times you see a lot of people who want to get into business or who are into business and they want to increase their income and stuff. So do you think there's a correlation between concentration and income? That's an interesting question and I really didn't get into it. I would say the correlation is positive. How strong it is, I have no clue. Uh, but two of the wealthiest people on the planet, yeah, uh, Buffett and, and Gates, said focus is the number one secret of success for them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard one thing about President Kennedy. He said that he could focus on one thing without thinking anything for six minutes. I was like, that's such a big thing. So I'm like, man. So probably it's it's like that for really great people, you know, focus is one of the things which are such a one of the main tools that you got to have when it comes to being successful at some time. Well, like just using common sense, going back to that research that it, it the single distraction steals almost half an hour of your time. Yeah. So most of our are, are bankrupt with time. So we don't put any focus into what we are doing. Then if you can focus for six minutes, you are the winner. You know, one my one I man uh, uh, like superhero among the, the blind. Yeah. So and I would say when it comes to focus, modern world is totally blind. Yeah, that is true. They don't even realize that focus is such a big thing. You know, they have not even had that kind of awareness or realization that it actually matters be it student, person who's working, is it in middle-aged or old-aged, anyone, basically. And when, when they re, once they realize that, it'll real, really change things because realization is the first step to even getting something done or at least working on something in the first place. It's really awesome. And what I would say is that, you know, social media and stuff, again, you know, how, how do you deal with social media? Well, social media, we know now, mm -hmm. like we're designed to steal our attention and time. Yeah. Yeah. The other, one other guy I'm following is BJ Fogg from Stanford University. And he spent two decades researching how human behavior change. Mm -hmm. And he helped to design Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> they used his vast knowledge to to rob people from their attention so they are designed that way so what i do with social media i use it i use them and i use them as they are designed to so for social things i send messages if i'm interested what's going on in my friend's life i'm going to their profile directly and look there what's going on i'm not I'll never, I avoid all the uh, mind fits. Like, by the way, what does the word feed mean? Check out in the dictionary, like the, the original meaning of the word is was feeding the cattle and, and uh, house of animals. So they are trying to feed your mind and, oh no, that's, that's like it's making them asking money. for troubles. Yeah. If you don't feed your mind, someone else would do that for you and you will not end up where you want it to be. And then people wonder why <laughs> that's the funniest thing. It's right in front of them, but that's so true. 
definitely and many people like they just can't do that you can't just use instagram for the most important thing like you know checking on a friend or just messaging they will not do that they'll always be tempted to just scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll so i would say if a person is addicted to that kind of thing first thing get your hands off social media first thing yeah that uh, like digital fasting is is great thing mm-hmm. and is great thing for like the whole new generation which was raised with those things like yeah. when i was uh, okay. growing up come on the the uh, line line phone was the 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 highest mean of communication so i i, I lived in totally different world my kids yeah they grew up with with mobiles in their hands and so they never experienced the difference and well we have mobile devices and modern technology and telecommunication for three dec- decades but people are on this planet for tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of years so it's it's come on we are not really prepared for that and when you put the phone out in other room for one hour, then you can uh, see the difference. And <laughs> by the way, usually the first difference is that you feel shaking, you feel like a junkie without your your drug. And this is not from a 19-year-old kid who, who did it uh, for the first time in their life. My mentor... Aaron Walker, he's like 60-something. Mm-hmm. Uh, he went on a retreat for two months. Mm-hmm. And he said that the first two weeks w- was like exactly shaking, trying to find his mobile and swipe and scroll and like this, this monkey mind. So mm-hmm. you can only experience the difference when you experience the one state and the other. But the whole population who had a mobile phone since they were six they don't know how it feels uh, to not be distracted for an hour yeah that's, that's true definitely again i'm from the generation i know what you're talking about i i can see it okay i can see it around people of my age and i really wonder that's screwing up your life that i really want to tell that to them but i can't it's their choice it's their life they have to realize it and they have to wake up to that. So it's it's a daunting task. Honestly, looking at my generation, how they're going about things, it's going to take time. But I'm hoping that they realize at some point and they don't go through their life like this. Like I'm seeing children who are like one or two. They have iPads. They have phones in their hands. And I'm scared. Because like parents are also doing that. It's like parents want their children to get off their back. So they'll just give them some device to go around play with. It's like, that's not good. You're teaching that child since age one or two to look into that iPad, look into that device. What do you think they're going to do afterwards? They're going to do the same thing, but even more. It's like and, something that they can't control because they're children at the end of the day. You know, it's like subconscious mind. They can't control their subconscious mind. It's on all the time. That's just how they are as children. So basically you're subjecting them to that kind of thing. They will not know what it's like to live without devices or not spend a lot of time without devices because the entire life has gone like that crazy crazy but uh, when it comes to like uh, making the difference what gandhi said be the change uh, you want to see in the world 
and maybe someone will get inspired. Well, I'm inspired. <laughs> I can see that. I'm like, okay, I have to change. I'll keep working on myself and then things will just come together. You know, I don't have to be worried about it. That's the beauty of it. You know, before I used to get so mad at that kind of thing, you know, knowing that I'm kind of different in that kind of sense. I want to focus on, you know, understanding, concentration, working on myself. It's all about that. I don't know. I'm very interested in that kind of thing. And thanks to COVID, I got the time to do that. I was all into it. I remember days where I just looked at motivation videos. I read motivation books, went through all different kind of stuff. Like it was crazy, but it filled my mind up with so much of knowledge. And I loved it. Yeah. And you are right. Like the best cure is not really to try to put those senses, but to occupy your mind with something which creates focus, like reading. Like I would say reading is the best focus training in the world. That's why I'm pretty good at focusing because as a teenager, I read two books a day. That is helpful. Definitely. Any habit helps like reading, even like probably drawing. Drawing also requires a lot of focus. If you're drawing, you require a good amount of focus. And with drawing, it's like interesting, you know, just like reading. You can read and read and read and you'll not know that two hours have gone by. Same thing with drawing. You'll draw and draw and draw. Two hours have gone by and you don't know. Time time just flew then. It's really awesome, definitely. And to all the listeners out there, I'm definitely going to recommend you this. Try to start paying more attention to focus if it's something that you have never, ever done and you're thinking, hmm, that's something new. That's the point where you should really start working at this and just like looking at it in a different perspective and give it more time and importance that it deserves because focus is such a big thing. And I would say the suggestions we have given you are really awesome. So if you want to try one of these out, you definitely should. And all, all were really good suggestions, you know, like I couldn't have filled the other side, which Michal did. Like, thank you for that. You know, I would have not been able to give that because I have my own perspective on it. So it's really good that two people can come together and contribute a little bit more to the audience. Definitely. That's so awesome. So moving on to the next thing, I just wanted like, I usually like to create a scenario where, you know, like, let's say that we take a random scenario and what would you do in, you know, what would you say to that person in that kind of case? So let's say there's a person who has, since their entire life, let's say like it's a futuristic kind of thing, you know, let's say that we're talking to that kind of generation where the listener has been, you know, on his iPad or on his phone since he could remember. And now he has realized that this is a really bad thing. And he recalls that he has spent almost 12 hours in his day, most of the time on iPad or on phones. And he's a student. He still can't focus on his studies and stuff. And he comes to you for help. How do you like get him started? Huh. You ask really the wrong question because as a coach, I always start with more questions and more questions so he can realize what it does to him, mm-hmm. how harmful that is, and also figure out his own solutions because his own solutions are always the best ones. This is something he can actually implement. One thing is to listen to us and okay i'm taking about or talking about think the applications on on the other screens the second or third or turning off notifications and so on it may be well, i have iphone maybe you have android and it's not possible for your application yeah so my solutions is not 
always so it's never the best solution yeah. unless it is in line with the person but i would say a few things we already mentioned in this in this call one is try to just digital fast and observe yourself what it is doing to you other is mindfulness training of any sort uh, meditation for example and yes put the fences between you and this distraction so you will not fall uh, to the level of your environment but rather to the level of uh, climb up, climb up to, to to the level of your aspirations yeah definitely like i don't know like the answer to this thing is environment at the end of the day for me like environment is such a big thing i would just tell that person go and travel in a cargo ship for a month or two or go for a retreat that's the best bet because they are going to force you and the environment is going to force you to be a particular way and once you get used to it you know what it's like yeah and the big news yes you won't die without the internet connection for a week <laughs> that is so true that is really true yeah definitely so now that we have come to an end on the podcast episode i really wanted to just bring it all together and to all the folks who are listening right now or watching could be anything go do visit you know michael's books i'm just going to leave the links down in the description for all the books okay all the 19 books where you can find them and you can do that and you can reach out to michael i'll also leave the social media links any kind of links that i can get and i'll leave that down in the description as well you can reach out to me if you want to or whatever it is that you want to say probably you know give me recommendations or tell me that i don't sound that good whatever it is that you have on your sleeve whatever it is so you can do that and it'll be all down in the description so do check that out and also uh, yeah like you have given some recommendations like some podcast episodes or something i'll put that out as well okay you just take you know you find out what episode number it was and i'll just leave it for the listener so the listeners can go and watch that as well so this is going to be the end for the episode and i really hope that you guys really love this episode and you like it got you thinking the basic part about all these podcast episodes that it gets you thinking you start thinking to yourself hmm should i should i start working on focus or not what should i do you know and once you get started on the question then you can work up to that thing okay now i want to work on it so then you can take our suggestions for it and then you can see what works for you because for you know everyone's different something's going to work for someone something's not going to work for someone that's just how it works so find out what works for you and you are having trouble we both are always there to help you out on that we can you know suggest you stuff but if you're like in that you know terminal case as i said best solution to that is go to someone for help first if you think that you don't know what you want to do and then if you want to listen to my suggestion of taking a retreat or just you know forcing the environment upon yourself and do the thing that's been going on with you because that's what happens right with distraction you have a environment default your default environment in that sense so you you know change according to the environment we all change according to the environment that's how we are as human beings so you know probably you can do the thing of forcing the environment to be a particular way so it forces you to be a particular way that's bad so i hope you this really is you know something that you guys can understand and realize and ask questions about it to yourself and i hope that you guys enjoyed us and i'll see you in another podcast episode bye bye